Uh, I'm going to say no one's better than me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Blow up. Welcome to the Friday, July 24th edition of Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs. We got plenty to dig into today, courtesy of some uh, salary cap developments, courtesy of a transaction by the Miami Dolphins, courtesy of one Jamal Adams taking a blowtorch to the New York Jets organization, namely because of one Adam Gase. Plenty to talk about. I'm excited to dig in with each and every one of you and carry some momentum into the weekend. The Dolphins rookies uh, came through Davey yesterday for their first round of COVID testing. We've had no news on that front other than the transaction that the Miami Dolphins have cut interior defensive lineman Ray Lima. The Dolphins have been carrying 87 players on their offseason roster out of a potential 91 open spots. And the decision to cut Lima was one that was actually made for them, according to Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald. Per source, Lima, the rookie defensive lineman, decided to retire and did not come to Dolphins camp today. Has nothing to do with COVID-19. Brian Flores called him, trying to talk him out of it, but Lima wants to do something else with his life, wrote Barry Jackson. Yesterday at 4.30, the Dolphins announced that they had made the decision to waive Lima, which brings the Dolphins to 86. There's, there's multiple winners here for multiple reasons. One of the winners is Ray Lima. If your heart's not in this, go do something that your heart is in. I think that's an outstanding way to go. One of the other players on the Dolphins' roster is a winner here because they will survive the cut down to 80, which is the uh, number of players allowed on training camp rosters this year due to the COVID-19 pandemic uh, that may not have otherwise made the roster if the Dolphins wanted to have Lima in the building. And the Dolphins have won because this decision has been made for them. They avoid a player who didn't want to necessarily be here, and they get a better look at somebody who actually does. Winners all around for the decision by Ray Lima to walk away from his playing career and move on to the next chapter of his life, and we wish him well in doing so. Now, this by no means means that the Dolphins are out of the woods with having to make some difficult decisions, and and the momentum, including a follow-up from Barry Jackson, seems to indicate the Dolphins will have several rookie defensive linemen on their roster this season. He mentioned... Tyshawn Render, who is the Middle Tennessee defensive lineman, who Bill Belichick skipped the NFL Combine to go stand out in the rain and watch work out. Well, he ends up signing with the Dolphins, and uh, uh, he seems to be a rookie UDFA who is carrying a consistent amount of buzz that he might end up making this roster by the time things are all said and done. That pathway for Render will be difficult. He'll have to beat out several other uh, UDFAs, such as Bryce Sterk. He may have to beat out a rookie at the position between Curtis Weaver and Jason Strobridge, both of which were drafted in the fifth round. The Dolphins also have a player 
who they really like that they picked off of waiver wires last season from the Baltimore Ravens. His name is Zach Seiler. This was another small school prospect who uh, had some buzz as a plus athlete. He attended Ferris State. So the, the, the battle here will be tough for Tyshun Render to make the roster, but he end up may end up being the beneficiary of this Ray Lima decision because the Dolphins need a nose tackle. And Ray Lima at 320 pounds had the opportunity to fulfill that role. Now Benito Jones, who's another undrafted free agent, kind of resumes assumes that pole position to make the roster and serve as a true nose tackle. But this Ray Lima decision will have a waterfall effect that will potentially impact another one of these defensive linemen, and it looks like Tyshun Render is probably going to be the player that most benefits from Lima's decision. Another development uh, in the return to football that is worth discussing uh, circles back to the progress that is being made between the NFL and the NFLPA regarding how to handle the shifting salary cap uh, that the the NFL is going to have to figure out how to best accommodate the teams and the players. The salary cap is determined courtesy in large part due to revenue sharing. And with no ticket sales for a vast majority of teams, if not all teams this year amid the COVID-19 pandemic, it's creating some challenges for the league as far as how to reconcile what the salary cap is going to look like. And uh, understandably so. The owners favor a... Band-Aid method, they want to tear it all off in 2021 and be done with it and just take their hits. And the players, naturally, that doesn't make sense to them because then you're going to see a ton of players that are going to get cut because we're working with a $200 million cap, and if it falls to $135 million, teams now have to slash $65 million in salaries. Where do all those players go? What do they sign for? So the players say, well, if it's $70 million, let's stretch that out over the life of the collective bargaining agreement, and you have a $7 million cap reduction over 10 years versus what it would otherwise be. The owners don't want to do that. They feel that's a quote-unquote interest-free loan to the players, which whatever, the players are playing on the field and earning all of the, they are the product. But I suppose that's neither here nor there in the sake of these negotiations. Uh, Field Yates from ESPN shared a report that was told to Dan Graziano at ESPN uh, from sources that are indicating that the common ground is uh, stretching the cap hit out over a five-year window. So if there's $70 million in losses, it's a $13 million reduction. So effectively, all we're going to do is take a step back one year in salary cap space. So instead of, you know, it's been averaging about $10 million, $11 million per year in growth, so from this point, 2020, which is about 200 million, instead of going up to 210, it's going to go back to 190 or 187. Easier pill to swallow for all parties involved. It will protect the players. It will protect the owners. It's a win-win. Uh, NFL's Ian Rappaport chimed in on this as well. Said after a day of negotiating all day on Thursday, the NFL and NFLPA have made some real progress towards common ground. Sources from both sides say they aren't there yet, but as training camp looms, sources say they're moving closer on the key issues with a deal in sight. So this is an interesting dynamic in that it's effectively CBA 
negotiations all over again because there's financials that are going to heavily impact however long this regression caused by COVID uh, is chosen to be shouldered by the league. And um, we've seen collective bargaining agreements in the past. Those, those negotiations can be testy. But the good news is we're up against it for time, and nobody wins if there's not an agreement struck. So hearing some of the details to ESPN with Dan Graziano, talking about five years, knowing the owners want it in one year and the players want it in 10 years, seems like we're making a lot of ground towards figuring out what this mystery salary cap situation is. And it's good news for the Dolphins either way. The Dolphins would be fine either way, to be completely honest. If they did the one-year method, the Dolphins may have to cut one prominent player and get themselves underneath the cap. Shoot, they could probably restructure a couple guys and make it work. You don't want to get into that game, though, but if it's a restructure to push and defer to 2022 instead of 2021, we make it work out. We'd figure it out. If they go long-term, five or ten years, the Dolphins will have no change, but you know maybe that's one less blue-chip player you pursue next offseason. RockAuto.com is a family business that's been providing auto parts customers with quality service for over 20 years. Whether you're looking for engine control modules, motor oil, taillights, or new carpet for your classic or your daily driver, RockAuto.com has all of the parts that you will need. Their catalog is remarkably easy to navigate as well. In just a few clicks, you can get everything you need delivered directly to your front door. But best of all, the prices are the same for everyone at rockauto.com, whether you are a professional or a do-it-yourselfer. So why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts by shopping somewhere else? Visit rockauto.com now and write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So New York's Jets safety, Jamal Adams, uh, courtesy of the New York Daily News, uh, has completely bodied the New York Jets organization in his bid to try and get out of New York. Adams is under contract for the next two seasons. Uh, His 2021 season will be his fifth-year option. And uh, he's one of the best safeties in the game. And he spoke with Manish Mehta of New York Daily News and Mind you, Manish was also the same guy, so let's take it at face value, who was like super stoked about the Gase hire when it happened. And about halfway through the first season when the Jets were freaking terrible and in last place in the AFC East at the time, he's flipped the switch, and now like he's a pretty consistent and persistent source of negative stories coming out about Adam Gase in New York, which automatically makes him one of my favorite follows on Twitter. But... Uh, Jamal Adams' headline, exclusive interview with Jamal Adams, opening up about a surreal offseason, an inexperienced GM, an absentee head coach, and broken promises. This is fun. So Adams, when he goes on to to talk about Adam Gase, this is the the direct quote from all-pro safety Jamal Adams on uh, Adam Gase. I don't feel, feel like he's the right leader for this organization to reach the promised land. As a leader, what really bothers me is, is that he doesn't have a relationship with everybody in the building. 
At the end of the day, he doesn't address the team. If there's a problem in the locker room, he lets another coach address the team. If we're playing shitty and we're losing, he doesn't address the entire team as a group at halftime. He'll walk out of the locker room and let another coach handle it. Gase, in time, you know, continuing to read what Meta writes here, Gase's recent claim, claim that his relationship with Adams, quote, has been good since the time I've gotten here, appears to be the latest in a series of exaggerations by Gase. Adams told the news that he hasn't spoken to Gase since his exit interview on the day after the end of the regular season on December 30th. Gase did not respond to a message for comment. Of course he didn't. That's what Adam does. Buries his head in the sand and pretends nothing's happening. Why am I talking about this? He's no longer the Dolphins' problem. Well, there's a couple components and variables to the Adam Gase dynamic in New York and the Jamal Adams dynamic in New York that could be beneficial for the Dolphins, one of which, and, and Dolphins fans, you will inevitably ask me this, so let's get out in front of it now. Should the Dolphins try and trade for Jamal Adams? I would love to see them try. Do I think they can pull it off? No, I do not. The reason being is this. Because the Jets have two years of control on Adams' contract, plus potentially franchise tag control from there, uh, what you see is the Jets are not going to even entertain this unless it is a no-brainer win for them as an organization. They have all the leverage on Jamal Adams right now. And that's why Jamal Adams is having exclusive interviews with the New York Daily News and sucker punching his head coach and his general manager in the media to try and cause and create a big enough headache that the Jets say, yeah, you know what, man, just like get out of here. <laughs> like you're, we're, we'll be better off with you out. Dolphins fans know all about that. Jarvis Landry, hello. But that's the, that's the only way a player can attempt to create leverage. And I'll say this, you know, Jarvis was on the franchise tag when he was traded, but what did he get traded for? Peanuts. Is Jarvis Landry as good of a safe, as a wide receiver as Jamal Adams is a safety? No, he's not. Jamal Adams is probably one of the five best safeties in the NFL. But because of the dynamics in this triangle between a bidding team, the Dolphins, and Jarvis Landry, they were able to get, what, a four for Jarvis? The Jets, you know, if this becomes a distraction-related dynamic, the Jets aren't going to do this unless they're getting, like, a one-plus. And what's really interesting is Jamal Adams has come out and provided a list of teams. Now, he, he says in here, you know, I want to I win and I want to go to a place that wants to do things the right way. Well, Miami's a nice place to start. Got a needed safety. They got two first-round picks. The inter-AFC East thing is a nightmare to navigate, and the biggest reason why I don't think there's any chance anything like this would actually happen. But we can dream, right? It sure would be fun to see Jamal in the back end. We're going to go three, three safety sets. Does that hurt uh, Brandon Jones' long-term prospects with the team? First of all, don't let good prospects prevent you from taking, taking on great players. N no, I think it hurts Bobby McCain more than anything. And I don't think the Dolphins are really a team that, that needs 
the Malik Hooker, Earl Thomas, single high prowler. I don't think they care that much about that. If they would have, they would have gone after one of these safety guys. They want guys who can play man-to-man. And here's Jamal Adams can play man-to-man coverage. He can. Would love to see the Dolphins give Joe Douglas a call. But Joe Douglas is going to say, look, we got two years of roster control here. You don't have to give him an extension. He's openly and already said he's not going to command a new contract upon going to a new team if he likes the fit. Can you convince the Jets to trade Jamal Adams inside the division, knowing full well it's probably going to cost you an extra 20% compensation versus what a team like the Dallas Cowboys would have to pay up? But Jamal has provided this list of teams, and it's like a who's who of like Baltimore and Dallas and San Francisco. It's like, yeah, no shit. Like, of course I'd want to go to one of those places if I'm trying to win. Dolphins obviously didn't make the cut. They were 5-11 and last year. But unlike a lot of these other teams, Houston Texans on the list, Houston doesn't have a one or a two this year. You think they're giving up assets to bring in Jamal Adams? No. Philadelphia Eagles were on their list. Philadelphia Eagles are $55 million in the red against the 2021 salary cap before the salary cap reduction. Do you think they're bringing on Jamal Adams having to pay his fifth-year contract and then pay him a long-term extension? No. They're not. Baltimore Ravens? Maybe. Dallas Cowboys. They've given out $100 million contracts like candy, and yet they haven't paid Dak Prescott. They're going to have a difficult decision as far as what to do with Dak Prescott. And if you don't pay Dak Prescott, and you're going to need that one that you're trading for Jamal Adams, to go get yourself a young new quarterback. And if you do pay Dak Prescott, you're not going to have the cap space to take on Jamal Adams either. Miami is one of the best teams in the league to accommodate Jamal Adams. But Miami's probably not going to play that pay that premium cost. Because you're talking the one and the two. You're probably talking a one and a two to get Jamal from inside the division to come play for Miami. It's just a kind of icing on the cake that his his latest uh, leverage play is to slam the former Dolphins head coach along the way uh, to try and get himself out of New York. In short, us as Dolphins fans, we should keep one eye on this from an entertainment perspective <laughs> to hear the Jets and their fans find out all the things about Adam Gaze that we tried to tell them they were going to experience within the first millisecond that they announced that Gase was going to be the hire. And now, lo and behold, Adam Gase can't carry a relationship with any of his players. He's pretending his players don't exist in the offseason. He doesn't have good relationships with him. His team continues to not produce offensively and play sloppy, undisciplined football. And yet I get DMs to my Instagram account slamming me for slamming Adam Gase for not making use of any of his players in Miami and how there's a very clear and obvious trend that players leave Adam Gase and they go on to improve as players because they're getting better coaching. 
telling me and I'm an idiot for believing that. And yet an all pro safety sitting here telling you the exact same thing. But you should also keep the other eye on this. We should have our full attention here because Adams' departure makes the Jets worse. The Jets choosing Gase over Adams makes the long-term forecast of the Dolphins versus the Jets a more favorable one for Miami. And on the outside chance that the Jets do get desperate to move him, the Dolphins are one of those select few teams that could happily, happily, openly embrace and welcome Jamal Adams into the fray and not have any change and shift in their long-term forecast other than instead of using a pick in 2021 first round, you are bringing in a defensive superstar. I am not predicting it happens. I think it's an extremely long shot. But if the Jets get desperate and Adams forces their hand, And if the Dolphins can get them on a bargain, because they ain't going to pay a one and a two for it, then just maybe. Just maybe I'll see you guys next week. I hope you hit subscribe. Keep it locked in. Right here on Locked On Dolphins, we had another great week this week. This was actually, quite frankly, one of the the most listened to weeks that we have had on this show since before the NFL draft. So uh, it is great to see that the interest... From you guys, Uh, we're talking about things that are engaging to you. I would love to hear if there's topics that I'm not covering that you would like to talk about. You can find me on Twitter, at GrindingTheTape. Same handle on Instagram as well. Signing off for the week. I hope you guys enjoy your weekends. Fins up, and I'll talk with you on Monday.